Jay Rosedale. I am the co-founder and president of the Business of Cannabis. This is B of C Live for Friday, June 5th, 2020. We are in solidarity with those that seek justice and reform. People of color have been mistreated and justice carried out unequally or not at all for far too long. This is true on the cannabis front and this is true in larger society overall. Black Lives Matter. This week, we referred you to a piece written in the National Post by Von Mala Submarinium. Uh, before you declare Canada is not racist, do your homework. We encourage you to read that at least once. We continue to share words that, we'll find, that we have found meaning in and purpose uh, and f- through our channels, social and otherwise. Um, and this is actually what we're doing today. But first, BFC Live is a video and podcast production of the Business of Cannabis. Since 2017, through our web, social, video, and podcast channels, as well as real-world and virtual events, we've highlighted the companies, brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis industry. We encourage you to explore all that we do at businessofcannabis.ca. Upcoming, we have a conversation with Ika Washington. She penned a piece yesterday that was published on Medium that made the rounds within the cannabis community and the cannabis industry far and wide. So we wanted to check in with her to talk about that piece, which was incredibly powerful. So stay tuned for that. But first, looking ahead to next week on Monday, we'll be launching the first answer to our Ask the Experts segment with our partners at CanDelta. So stay tuned for that. That'll be on the BFC Live program on Monday at 10 a.m. Also Monday, our sister publication, Report on Psychedelics, will release two new podcasts, their weekly briefing, and a deep dive conversation. As always, thank you to the Neo Exchange for their support of Report on Psychedelics. On Tuesday, we will connect with Vitrina Group. They are a retail strategist and consultant to talk about the future of retail writ large and what it means, especially around brick and mortar, but also more specifically around the cannabis sector. Wednesday, as always, we will be joined by BDSA, our official insights partner, for a deep dive into their best-in-class data and analytics. In case you missed it, I encourage you to go back to this past Wednesday where Liz Tahura, their co-founder president, did an unbelievably deep dive into the BC cannabis consumer Thursday, we'll be sharing updates about Cannabis Forward, our networking series. And then Friday, we're going to be talking about IT with Alcit, uh, specifically about protecting data and privacy of your customers and patients. Uh, No small feat, uh, but it also is important no matter what your company size. So that will be next Friday. Also on Friday next week, which is June 12th, uh, tune in because we have our third and a four-part series around creating an omni-channel cannabis retail experience with our friends at Shopify. As always, follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you to our partners, Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, CanDelta, and BDSA for their ongoing support of our work at Business of Cannabis. Now, this important conversation with Ika Washington of Diversity Talk. Have a safe weekend, everybody. Ika Washington, thank you for being here. Thank you. You wrote a piece today and published on Medium um, calling out the cannabis industry. And it struck me and a lot of people right in the gut, I would say. Um, and part of what we, need to, what we need to do, part of what we're desperate to do is give our platform, and we have one, uh, voices uh, like yours to listen, to do better, to join you. Um, so thank you for being here. 
Thank you. Honestly, it's an it's a great opportunity to talk. And and we're gonna as we put this up, we'll post how to get in touch with you and everything that you do. But um, I want to start uh, that something that really struck me, and then we'll talk about the piece if that's okay. Um, the can this is quoting from your piece. The cannabis industry should not be strangers to or unfamiliar with the social injustices and discrimination that blacks and people of color have had to endure. Uh, with the criminalization of, of cannabis and drugs. We are the targets of the war on drugs and we continue to be criminalized amidst a growing legal market. It is incredible that black people continue to be dehumanized while our black culture is consumed by the cannabis industry when it is convenient. The vernacular, references to Jamaica, Rasta, reggae, hip hop, rap, dispensaries, growing techniques, all without giving the black creators and black bodies behind these things legitimate access to the industry. Yes, that is all true. Talk about sort of what prompted you to write and, and was it a challenge to write or just come out because this has been inside for a while? Um, so what prompted me was it's been inside for a while. I've been navigating the space um, on a, in the legal market for about five, four to five years now. Um, initially, I am a medical cannabis patient. I use cannabis and I rely on it for fibromyalgia um, once I was diagnosed. Um, and having to be within that market, that industry and having to navigate through those spaces, both in Canada and, and then I moved to England and I just moved back. Um, I realized it's really not that different. Um, so something had to be said. Um, I did have a difficult time, you, you know, having to articulate my words and, you know, put my anger in a way that is, um, is relatable and can resonate with people without sounding angry. But at the same time, I, I needed the message to be heard. And I know that there's a lot of people who are just as vocal or feel the same way as I did. And um, I'm hoping that I spoke on their behalf or it encourages them to speak as well. I think it did and does. And, and um, there was another piece that actually circulated through the cannabis sort of industry over the past couple of days uh, through a cannabis writer, a writer that works for the Financial Post, Von Mala Submarinium, um, about uh, if you think Canada is not a racist place, think again, or you're dead wrong, and sort of gave many of the same examples that you did in your piece. Has this been an awakening that you think obviously has been a long time coming, but how can we do better, acknowledge it, give platform to voices like yours in an ongoing way? Um, there is a lot of things that are happening within the cannabis industry right now. Um, I know that after even posting this article that within the, within less than 24 hours, I seen so many companies come out and I was like, Oh, they got the message. Like I did something. Um, but moving forward, I feel like we need to be accountable. Like the industry needs to be accountable and realize that there is a problem. Um, I'm not going to go without saying that you know, there are cannabis industry, the companies and brands that have been pumping money and putting resources into social equity groups across the world, like in a global scale. Um, and I commend them for that, but it, it, you know, there's more that can be done. And um, the more that can be done is again, making yourself accountable. Look, look in your rooms, look in your offices, uh, look at the people you're talking to, your stakeholders. Um, who are they? Um, you know, what, what are their, what is their diversity training like as well? Like I've been in spaces where I've had to deal with microaggressions. I've had to deal with very racist uh, tones, undertones. Um, and it makes me feel uncomfortable and it makes other people uncomfortable, other people of color, indigenous people uncomfortable. Um, when we bring these topics or these issues to our executives, are they listening to us or do they think we're just, Hey, you're just the angry black woman again. You know, um, it's about, 
recruitment as well. You know, let's broaden our recruitment um, techniques and let's make sure that people within certain communities are actually able to see these job postings. Um, what about the education? Is it accessible for people? Um, and I mean, in terms of language, I'm seeing in terms of job descriptions and requirements, are they accessible? Um, there are people who want to be a part of the industry and they just don't know how to. So I get those questions all the time. It's like, wait, you're in cannabis? And I was like, yeah, I'm in cannabis. How'd you get that? Do you know somebody who knows somebody? And I was like, yeah, unfortunately that was the case, but you know, so how do I get into it? And I'm like, oh, here's a job posting. And they're like, well, I don't have that. I don't have that, but I've been growing in my basement for the last 20 years or 15 years. And I'm just like, I know your stuff is really good. <laughs> you deserve to be in the legal industry, but it's just like, they can't. Um, there's barriers and I understand there needs to be professional restrictment requirements and um, but at the same time we need to understand that not everyone has that and I feel like it's very capitalistic it's getting very corporate um, and that is not the culture of cannabis um, you know it, it's it's grassroots it, you know the people that created it is the people that you know use it so we need to remember the culture of cannabis yeah and you you mentioned it in, and it's in your piece you wrote a note to cannabis brands specifically this is not the time to be silent your voices are critical show your colleagues consumers and stakeholders whether black or not that your company stands for the movement and solidarity to dismantle racist structures in our society and i i would say in in the my 46 years this is the first time maybe ever that this has gotten sort of basically white corporate structure to actually take a stand like this. It's been, and it's been obviously hundreds of years in the coming, but it, but it really is something hopefully seems different and it does seem different. And I think your call out is important. And I wanna harken back to something that you referenced in your piece and we referenced back in January in a, in a not flattering light. And that is um, at the Lyft show, uh, the black market, um, brand, uh, which makes me cringe just to think about the name, but also the way they sort of, not, not necessarily about the name, but about the sort of the, the, the language that they used around it. Uh, you called it out specifically. How did, how did that strike you then? Um, how did that strike you then? So I actually was there as well. I was there. I, that was one of the first booths as soon as you go through the doors in the conference. And that's all I could say. I was, I was, I was like, does, does this really happen? So I was like, okay, let me keep walking around the event. Cause Lyft, I love Lyft. I've been going to Lyft for years and yeah. it's one of my favorite conferences that I look forward to. Yeah. Um, and I was just, I was just blown away that some people were laughing. Um, you know, I stood by and I was like, huh, they're laughing or I didn't see anybody actually say anything to the team, the executive team or the organizing team about it at all. Yeah. Um, and I, and then when I saw the backlash, I was expecting backlash because I was like, no, no, people have to have the same, you know, reaction I did. And you go on Twitter and you go on like LinkedIn and it's like, kiki, kiki, everybody's laughing about it. And I was like, this is not funny. This puts me in a very uncomfortable space because, you know, and then going in the conference and having to speak to some executives as well, I was getting some very microaggressions. I was getting microaggressions too. So I was like, okay, so now I'm in a space of microaggressions. I'm very uncomfortable. I'm leaving. And I've had to leave conferences all the time because of all the microaggressions I get. Am I part of the staffing team? Am I part of the cleaning team? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them, but it's just kind of like, well, I have a, I have like a lanyard that says delegate or business. 
Um, but it, it was just it was just reflective. It showed me the true colors of the industry that this was appropriate and that in boardrooms people are laughing and think this is edgy and this is catchy when we all know what the phrase means. We all know um, it's you know so. That's yeah. And 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 uh, that company I think continued to step in it uh, afterwards as too as they tried to sort of describe how they came up with the names and the and the the whole campaign. It was not it was not helpful. Uh, it was not helpful. It was not good. It was it was bad. It was bad. It was ill conceived, poorly executed. Everything was bad about it. Um, and I think they they I don't know if they recognize that to this date, but it clearly the 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 larger world I think has. I want to actually ask you about sort of the work you do uh, because we've talked about the piece you wrote, but I want to talk about the work you do because that's also important and I think um, will be helpful for sort of our audience to, to learn about it if they don't already know. Talk about what Diversity Talk is and so we can help support you in what you're doing. Perfect. Uh, so Diversity Talk was something that I've I came up with um, I was working with a, a licensed producer in Canada. I realized that um, there wasn't a lot of social equity and in terms of branding and imagery um, associated to cannabis, people of color were not part of it. Um, or if it was part of it, it was more of just a cliche, Jamaica, reggae, Bob Marley. And I wanted to show that like, I'm a face of cannabis as well as a medical patient and as a user. Um, so, I created Diversity Talk. I also do a lot of work within minority healthcare, working on racialized healthcare projects with the government. Um, I also do a lot of sickle cell disease work as well, which is a disease that predominantly affects black communities globally. Um, and I just came up with Diversity Talk because I want to talk about diversity. Um, I want to start engaging minorities within the space. Um, I just launched the, the company in actually this year in January. Um, and um, I'm planning on doing events um, these events will be for minority populations um, in order to give them the information they need, um, allow for networking opportunities, and allow for educational platforms and awareness um, for both cannabis and healthcare. And I feel like it kind of intersects as well because you have that patient aspect of cannabis, you know, and you also have that aspect of um, alternative medicines when healthcare. So um, that is what diversity talk is. And I'm hoping that, you know, throughout the years that it builds into something that it becomes a space and a platform for um, everyone, but primarily, you know, targeting minority populations to um, have those conversations. And if you need any, like, you know, consulting, or if you need any information, if you need an article, um, if you need, you know, if you need to know who's funding, who has the money, and you know, you want to get into the cannabis space, I'm hoping that you know, diversity talk is where people come to to ask those questions and to get that information. So that is what that's what I'm planning and hoping for. I, I love it, uh, and I hope we can sort of not have this be the first conversation, but the uh, have it be the first, but not the last, because I think there's interesting work to do together. Uh, hopefully, uh, and I really appreciate the the piece you wrote. Um, what has been the response? I mean, I saw it online and. <laughs> And friends sort of online connected it. I, I saw it and then other, others connected uh, you, you to me and, and, and me to you. But, but has it surprised you, the response you've gotten? I cried a couple of times and it was tears of joy um, and being overwhelmed um, because at first when I wanted to have this conversation, I didn't know how to put it in words, like I said earlier. Um, it was a lot to put in words. Um, and it's been overwhelming to see the support. It's overwhelming to see how many people had the same experience as I, or similar experiences to what I've had. 
um, it's, it's interesting to see that someone even said that this is why I left the industry. I couldn't do it. You know, he, he couldn't do it anymore. Um, as a black, you know, as a black man, he said he couldn't do it anymore. Um, but, you know, he commends me for keep going and, you know, and pushing um, for, you know, solidarity and for people to be more vocal. And it, it was kind of overwhelming. I was like, oh no, I didn't mean it to be this big. I didn't mean, I didn't know it was going to reach out to so many people. I didn't know cannabis companies would see it and start, you know, making their statements. Um, but it's also shown me the true colors of a lot of people as well that I thought were um, part of this diversity, the change of diversity or wanting diversity inclusion. I've had individuals who are um, of minority populations come to me and say they're not going to, you know, share the article because, you know, they're, in, they, you know, because whatever reasons they had. And it was just kind of like, hmm see this is the problem <laughs> so it was it's been an it's been an eye-opening experience and it really has driven me to want to write more pieces um and to bring and to have these conversations with like-minded individuals and you know even in rooms that people are not like-minded and to you know kind of shake the room as i call it i think you definitely did that and i, and I thank you for that thank you for writing it uh it was it was important to read and anybody who hasn't, they will now, hopefully. Um, thank you for writing it. I'm glad I read it. I'm listening and I want to continue to talk to you if you're open to that um, over time. Yeah, definitely. I look forward to it. Great. Aika, thanks so much for joining us and we'll connect with you very soon down the road. Thank you, Jay. Take care.